Hello and welcome to the Business Scale Insights Podcast with your host, Kimberly Bonner. And today we are continuing our series on love and money. And today we're beginning our discussion on your relationship with things. Business Scale Insights is brought to you by New Day Consulting Systems, a firm dedicated to helping small businesses scale well. Hello, Empire Builders. We are back in the saddle talking about love and money and really focused on relationships. Uh, Relationships are going to be critical if you're going to create the next generation business that makes a dent in the universe and improves the lot of society and humanity. So I have come up with a framework of saying that if we're going to talk about love and money and boiling it down to relationships, to me, it's relationships in three critical areas. Number one, your relationship with yourself. Number two, your relationship with others. And number three, your relationship with things. We've covered in the past two uh, or the the two pre, two areas. Oh, can I talk? Relationship with yourself and relationship with others in the past several weeks. And I know I'm long-winded and I warned you guys about this earlier. I thought I'd be done with this uh, whole podcast series in February, but whoop, oops. <laughs> We're in April. I warned you that I'm, I talk a lot. I'm, I'm, ta- I'm a talker. I can't help it. So anyway, um, just to recap, because I always, the teacher in me, I'm always concerned about making sure we're all on the same page and there's clarity and there's no confusion. Because if you're confused about what I'm talking about, then I haven't done a good job of, of communicating and I have not done a good job of connecting and I have not been doing a good job of imparting wisdom and knowledge and information. And to me, that's all about teaching. And so um, I'm, I'm asleep at the wheel at my teaching gift if I can't uh, communicate effectively. So I want everyone who's listening to this podcast to understand what I'm talking about and where I'm going. So when we're talking about your relationship with yourself and others, check those podcasts out. But really, I'm talking about your belief system. That's your relationship with yourself, your relationship with others. We're talking about EQ, your emotional intelligence. That's so important. And also for the leaders of organizations, uh, we're talking about the need to have some kind of ethical, moral bearing and basis. Um, We don't talk about this enough. Uh, I don't know if people get offended, but uh, we need to start having crucial conversations and start talking the truth to power and one another. Love encompasses telling people the truth, even if it hurts. And I've seen too many uh, businesses run into the ground by people who are truth challenged and ethically challenged. Uh, As I said in a previous episode, two plus two does not equal four, five, six, 102, 203, three million. It just doesn't. uh, there are some people that 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 lie on a regular basis and they're in leadership positions. There's some people on your staff. You have some managers that are truth challenged. Um, the bottom line is if unless you want to see your your unit or your organization or your entire business run into the ground, you need to check, double check and triple check the ethical foundation of your leaders. I'm not saying we have to all sing Kumbaya. And I'm not saying we all have to be perfect and we all have to be Mr. Rogers as of Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. But there has to be a baseline of truth. 
Let me say this again. There has to be a baseline of truth. When I go to Bank of America, Wachovia, uh, when I go to Wells Fargo, um, if I think that I have a million dollars in my bank account, but all I have is $20, guess what? At every single one of those banks, they're gonna tell me, no, Boo Boo Kitty, you have $20, you don't have a million. At some level, we have to have a um, unified understanding of the ground rules and what reality and truth is. And that's the job of a leader. And if you have a leader that's truth challenged, you need to get rid of them. Um, so today we're gonna pivot. I know that was harsh, wasn't it? I love you, I love you, I promise. You know, I'm like a doctor, you know, and the doctor gives you a shot and it's hurt. it hurts a little bit. And then you realize, oh my God, I'm glad I got this shot or I'm glad I took that piece of that, that, that test because now I can get better. You know, sometimes it hurts a little bit. You know, my mother used to give me cough medicine and I would hate it. Oh my God, I would hate it. But I was so happy after I took it because I would feel better. Good Lord. This is what we got to do with each other. I love you enough to tell you the truth of what I've observed over, over, over the past close to 20 years. We gotta start telling each other the truth and stop lying and, you know, uh, pretending like we're, I don't know. It's just, <laughs> I've seen a lot of people. I've seen a lot and I'm seeing a lot in our society. So anyway, I'm pivoting today to talk about your relationship with things. And believe it or not, your relationship with things is a reflection and, and how you, how you, how you um, uh, nurture your relationship with things. Is a direct relation is in direct correlation. Can I talk today um, on your position as either a manager or a leader? And I'll talk about that more in the next segment. Okay, so I need to pause uh, and pump the brakes a little bit before I launch into a discussion of time management uh, because y'all know if you've listened to my podcast for any period of time. I'm a little different <laughs> as my friends and family and anyone who knows me. I'm a little different. I have a different point of view. I see things differently from everyone else. And it's always been weird. Um, I always thought of myself as a bit of, of a contrarian because I don't see the world or anything like everybody else. I realize now it's a gift. I used to think it wasn't a gift, but now I do realize it's a gift. And so I'm sharing this gift with the world right now. Um, when people talk about time management, they really talk about the mechanics of it all. And time management, in my humble opinion, has been influenced by uh, the Industrial Revolution and our interaction with machines and how to be more productive and efficient in a very, um, you know, yeah, how to be more productive and efficient, how to do more in less time, right? So that's kind of been the um, overarching business, business ethic that has shaped our conversations about our relationships with time. I come from a legal background and I remember having to uh, break down my time uh, into 10 minute increments, if you can believe it, and bill it out. And it was the most ridiculous thing. And most practicing lawyers, they will tell you it's hilarious uh, because you 
rarely think in 10 minute increments. Um, you rarely problem solve in 10 minute increments. Many times you get ideas on the drive to work, uh, in the airport, uh, in the line, at the grocery store. Uh, I've gotten some of my best uh, thoughts and innovative ideas walking my dog. But here we are talking about time management and work and production and we've come up with these weird ways to quantify our productivity that in fact become very inefficient. And so I'll give you an example of, you know, from the legal profession. Um, I came from a judicial law clerk background and I was able to uh, wrap my head around motions practice um, compared to my colleagues, God bless them, but there's nothing like writing opinions that get uh, get affirmed by the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals and or the Supreme Court, you know, of the United States, you know how motions practice works. You know what judges are looking for when you sat for one and you had their ear for two years. My judge is retired now, so I can talk about this and open up the kimono. So anyway, um, it was kind of funny because I could get things done very quickly. You know, if you talk now, if you're talking about a deposition, that might be a horse of another color. But motions practice, that was my bed and bread and butter for two years. So compared to my colleagues, I could get that done very quickly, very quickly. And, and the efficiency um, with which I could write and churn out a memo or a, um, a particularly um, just a motion of any type and, and, and know what a judge was looking for compared to my contemporaries, there's just no comparison. There's no comparison. Trust, there's no comparison. So there was an efficiency, right, that I had when it came to the development of these documents. But I had, um, we, we had this overarching <laughs> billable hour system that penalized you for your efficiency. And so if you spent more time because you really weren't that competent, you got rewarded in the end. And so, um, and, and, and the legal field is not alone in that. And so um, we have these weird understandings of time, right? And... Um, uh, developing business models around time and exchanging time for money. And sometimes it can, it can produce very efficient results and sometimes it can produce very inefficient results. And I personally think, and I've been thinking this way for a long time, that we really need to reevaluate that. <laughs> because fundamentally... If your approach to time management, right, and your approach to uh, getting paid and your business model is one that encourages unethical behavior, then your approach to time management backs up into the, uh, the discussion on your relationship with people and ethical leadership. So, so all of this is kind of wrapped up in a foundation of 
what, what do you believe? What do you think is important? That's why it's, it's a messy, complicated discussion. That's why I, t- I talked about all of that stuff for the past several weeks to get to this point, because contrary to popular opinion, it's not black and white. And the way you approach managing time and getting paid for time that you put into something has everything to, to do with who you are as a leader, um, your ethical compass, and fundamentally what you believe. This is controversial. Um, but as the old folks used to say, you know, somebody's got to tell the truth. Ah, uh, you knew there's no way I could let another episode pass without my mouth getting me in trouble. <laughs> and I'm sure there are people that don't agree with my point of view. I'm used to that. I'm used to that. I actually enjoy that. I enjoy rigorous discussion, exchange of ideas. I actually vibe off of that. Um, But that doesn't make me any less confident in sharing this point of view. It is my point of view. Everyone doesn't have to share it. You don't have to necessarily be persuaded by it. But it's certainly my point of view. It's something that I've observed. Um, When we're talking about managing time and exchanging time for money in some capacity. Um, It really does back up into the other discussions that we've had um, about your relationship with others, your leadership ethics, and also your belief system. Not everybody shares this view. I understand that. I've always been a contrarian. I've always been like (laughs) the outlier. (laughs) <laughs> like Malcolm Gladwell says, I've always, my whole life, so I'm, this is not new for me, okay? Um, but I'm sharing it nevertheless because I understand it's unique, but, uh, and, and I've never come across any real discussion on time management uh, that really talks about the inter- intimate relationship between your understanding of time management and your approach to your business model and backing that into leadership, ethics, EQ, people skills, your belief system. I've never heard that discussion before. So I'm throwing it out there because I've always wanted to have that discussion and never happened. Or So anyway, talk to me, email me, do whatever you want, but, but there it is. All right. So uh, now that I've stirred up a hornet's nest, I'm going to do it even more. So hold your beer, boo-boo kitty. Hold your beer. If you thought if you thought the last segment was controversial, woo, hold your wig down, baby, because you're really, you're going to really hate what I have to say right now. Um, this, this whole episode is not going to be about um, how to manage your time better because there, there are so many... You know, you've got Stephen Covey and Brian Tracy. You've got all these time management techniques out there. There's all, there's a bazillion of resources for that. And I've never been about just copying and pasting and just giving you the same point of view that everyone else has. There are great systems out there. I'm not going to regurgitate them for you because I really don't think that's the value that I'm bringing (laughs) to this episode. It's just not about that for me. To me, uh, we need to have like 
like higher level, uh, more powerful philosophical conversations about time management. And, uh, in this segment, I want to talk about time management and the division of your time, managing your time on tasks versus your management or your time spent with people, your time on tasks and your time on people, your time on tasks and your time on people. Again, total disclaimer, if you are sensitive and you don't like contrary opinions, just turn this off because honey, hold your beer, hold your wig down because you're going to get totally ticked off at what I have to say. I, I believe, I believe within my soul, within my heart, within my mind, with everything in me that you can tell the difference between a leader and a manager solely based on how they spend their time. Let me say that again. You can say, you can look and, and tell the difference between a real leader, not a fake leader, not somebody that just has a leader in their title, right? But a real leader, like an on the ground leader of people, of human beings who can rally the troops between uh, just by looking at their, at their calendar. Okay. Disclaimer, I'm going to piss a lot of people off, but I'm okay with that. I love you anyway. I believe, and I've said this in previous episodes, that the difference between a leader and a manager is that a leader invests in people. They rally people. They cast vision with people. They get human beings to buy in and follow them affirmatively. Leaders really grab a hold of people and say, yeah, we're going to take that hill. You could be the leader of a four-person unit. You could be the leader of a family. I remember uh, my mom and dad uh, when when we were still living in the hood and we were dealing with a lot of crime. And my mother and father got together. They cast a vision for our family and they went at it. And they got us out of the hood and got us into a new house. And I've seen that kind of leadership. And I'm not talking about leadership like MLK. I'm just talking about every day, ordinary, I am investing in my children or other human beings or whatever, just investing in people. I've seen that. And I'm not talking about leading a, you know, a thousand person corporation. I'm talking about investing in the minds and hearts of people. I've seen leadership and action. And when it comes to time and time management, to me, you can tell the difference between a leader and a manager by just basically looking at their calendar. Leaders spend more of their time investing in people. Managers spend more of their time investing in tasks. I'm gonna say that again. Leaders spend more of their time investing in people. Managers spend more of their time investing in tasks. I'm not saying that tasks are not important. Tasks are very important. Tasks are critical. You know, the product has to be delivered. The product has to get shipped. The pizza has to get made. You understand what I'm saying? The, you know, things have to get done. So don't get me wrong. There is a place for management, a critical place for management. 
But what I am seeing in organization after organization after organization, there are a plethora of managers. Oh my God, a plethora of managers in every organization I've ever worked with, been affiliated with, and many times consult with. We have a ton of managers. We have managers just, oh my God, (laughs) we have an abundance. We're blessed to the overflow with managers. We have very few leaders. And what I mean by that is people that are willing to invest their time in other people in tangible, concrete ways. Whether it's your customers, whether it's your staff, whether it's your colleagues, whether it's thought leaders. And you can tell based upon someone's calendar. If you spend 80% of your time on tasks and documents and things and not with or on behalf of people, you're probably a manager. Nothing wrong with that. My only point is I, I believe, and I'm open to criticism. I'm open to people saying, Kim, you're wrong. It's okay. I I've got thick skin. I actually enjoy it. So I'm open to criticism. But what I'm seeing is that we have a sea, an ocean of managers. Everybody's pushing paper. Everybody's doing things. Everybody's doing, doing, spending their time doing a thing. Right? I love my sister dearly. She's working with the Broward County Public School System. She does a lot of stuff with things. A lot of stuff with things. Not a lot of stuff with people. Um, but I fundamentally think that if you're going to call yourself a leader, then <clears throat> we need to talk about how much time you're spending with people. And I love the Pareto principle, the Pareto rule, 80-20. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I, I'm really not persuaded. Um, if you call yourself a leader, um, and you have all these things on your calendar, uh, and all these projects on your calendar, but there's just no real investment with, with people. It just doesn't impress me. You look more like a manager to me. And I think it's one of the reasons why, um, when you look around at all of our institutions, America has a leadership crisis because we're doing a lot of things. We're doing a lot of wonderful things. We're doing a lot of wonderful projects. There's a place for that. But I believe that things have gotten out of whack. And so time management to me, this is the theme and this is my point of view. Time management to me backs into your belief system. Time management backs into the EQ. It backs into the love ethic. It backs into your leadership skills. And so if you thought this episode was going to be all about time management tricks and tips, well, you know, sorry. (laughs) The overarching theme of the whole business series is love and money. And so I'm not going to talk about time uh, devoid of human relationships because it's all about 
relationships. Even, even, even when I'm talking about things, I'm talking about them in your relationship with other people. If you're, if you call yourself a leader, I know my point of view is weird. I've always been like this. My whole life, I know my point of view is an outlier. I know my point of view is bizarro. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with who I am. I've come, I've reconciled myself to the fact that my whole life, I will be an outlier. I recognize that I have a minority point of view. I recognize that this is not accepted in the canons of literature. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's incorrect. So if I believe, I believe that if you're going to be a great leader, your time management, you need to look at your calendar and divide it up and, and into kind of like that 80, 20 rule, how much of my time is being spent nurturing human relationships and how much of my time is meant pushing paper. And if you're spending 80% of your time pushing paper and dealing with inanimate project management, then either you need to buy a system, hire a person, um, you need some help. Because stop calling yourself a leader. Cops, I just, I just, just because you, just because your title says you're in the C-suite doesn't mean you're a leader. I know it's painful, but think of me as your grandmother giving you castor oil <laughs> to, to, to boost your immune system like mine used to do. Okay, it tastes horrible going down, but in the long run, it's going to help you. <laughs> 